Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Podcast, where pastor, author, speaker, and consultant Jim Stern explores various benefits and blessings of life lived in the overflow of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. There is so much to discover, to learn, to feel, and to see when God goes first and we live in the overflow. Here we go, man, back into the overflow, man. It is good, good, rich, rich to be with people who are interested in some way, shape, form, or fashion. If you're just checking this out, if you're checking Jesus out, or if you're full on, it's just great to be with people who are interested in the kingdom of God and the things of the kingdom and the things of the Lord Jesus Christ because, man, there's so much living water. There's so much life that is available for us, and so overflow exists my life my ministry exists as a corrective force a powerful corrective force against all forms of lifeless christianity against institutionalism against superficiality against all of those things that may have a way of seeming to be good and right but do not have at the core of who they are life and regenerative power and streams of living water so it's a corrective force overflow my life my ministry my breath is a corrective force against lifeless Christianity in favor of what we call Trinitarian life, Trinitarian vitality, Trinitarian juice, where at the core of our lives is intimacy with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit who love us with such exquisite and unbelievable and mind-shattering, mind-blowing life encountering ways we are loved by the God of all creation and so in that love in that trinitarian love there is life and there's nowhere you can get it other than in the trinity father son and holy spirit just just pouring out on us and we get to receive and we get to drink and we get to draw from but what does that look like how do you do it how do you do it that's what the purpose of the overflow is to put us in that fount that 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 effervescent fount of life that flows so beautifully Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we're going to get into something today that ties real closely into what we talked about in our last session. And, and the tact that we're, going to, that we're going to go forward in today it has to do with your baptism. Oh boy, has to do with your baptism. Yes, baptism, baptism. Have you been baptized? If you haven't been baptized, totally cool, man. Totally cool. Hopefully, as we walk through this uh, episode, maybe at the end of this, you'll be ready. And the spirit of the Lord would quicken you to say, man, I need to go to my pastor. I need to go to a church leader and say, man, I need to get baptized. I want to get, I want to get baptized. But for those of you who've been baptized, whether you were baptized as an infant sprinkled, or you were baptized as an adult or some other age, and you were immersed baptism, baptism should be a massively significant event in your life. In fact, I would ask, how does your baptism impact your joy today? There should be a direct connection. We're going to draw a direct connection. This isn't six steps down the road. We're going to draw a direct connection between your baptism and the impact that your baptism should be having today on the vitality of your life, the vitality of your life. It's possible today not to just meander through life. It's possible today just not doing the best you can, just lifeless, limp, Life. He doesn't have to be that way. And baptism provides such a profound demonstration of what is what is required of us, what is required of us in order to live into this life that is so abundantly 
that is, that is so abundantly ours. Baptism is not supposed to be a throw-in. Might as well do something religious exercise devoid of power. That, that's not baptism. Baptism shouldn't be a, a religious mechanism. It shouldn't be an institutional thing. Uh, but as in all things in the faith, it can certainly be reduced to that. When we take communion, we can lose the significance of doing communion. When we pray, we can lose the significance of praying that we're talking to the God of all creation. And all of a sudden it just dissolves into just a rote thing that we do. Prayer, reading the Bible, it's just not a big deal. Uh, everything in the faith has the possibility of being reduced to a powerless exercise. And certainly that is absolutely true with respect to your baptism. However, Jesus' intent in baptism is mind-blowing. It, it is uh, far richer and more meaningful. And he intends it to have such a much more substantive role in your life and in and in our lives as we seek to live and understand what it is to look like to live into the overflow. And so the Apostle Paul drives this home. We can look at a lot of different passages about this, but the Apostle Paul really summarizes, captures the, the baptismal impact on the transformation of life that we are supposed to experience in the book of Romans. The, the letter that Paul wrote to Christians living in the city of Rome, uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, very deep, theologically rich book, but it is, a, it, is a, it is a book of life. It is a book of love. And so if we walk through Romans and we get caught up in all of the theological weedery, weedery, weed, is weedery a word? I don't know how, who would translate that, but the theological weedery of the book of Romans, we can get so caught up in that that we lose sight of the life of Romans and the love of the book of Romans. It is a book of rich love. It is a book of rich life in which the apostle Paul is explaining how to live in this fullness of life that, that, that is ours by, by faith. In Romans chapter six, verse four, Paul is going to give a word about biblical baptism, biblical baptism. Listen to what he says, Romans 6 and 4. Therefore, we have been buried with him, buried with Jesus through baptism into death. We've been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. The, the, the role of baptism, according to Paul, Apostle Paul in Romans 6 4, the role of baptism is to give us a word picture, a symbol, an exercise that you and I go through that demonstrates the, the degree of the totality of transformation. Catch this. Baptism is supposed to signify the degree of the totality of transformation that happens in our lives when we surrender to Jesus. The totality of transformation. And what is the totality of transformation? The Apostle Paul says it. We've been buried with him through baptism into death. In our baptism, and again, I'm not a big fan of infant baptism at all, but the mode notwithstanding, baptism, infant, adult, whatever, you were baptized. And whatever mode you were baptized in, the meaning of baptism is the same, that you were buried, you were dead, the old person, the old you, the old dreams, the old identifiers, the old things, the old, all that old junk, all that old trash, all that old soot, all that old smelly refuse has died in baptism, in particular baptism by immersion, we go all the way under the water. We're taken all the way under the water. Now, I gave my life to the Lord, I was 26. Gave my life to the Lord, I was 26. Powerful, powerful conversion, powerful conversion. 
I didn't get baptized until eight months later. I didn't, I don't know. I don't remember why. I don't, I don't really fully understand. I didn't really fully understand the whole baptismal thing. And it wasn't until a little bit later that it clicked. And so I, I go get baptized. I got baptized at Second Baptist Church in the main sanctuary in front of 5,000 people, whatever it is. And they bring you into the baptistry. And I'm, I'm a taller guy. I'm not tall, but I'm taller, 6'2". Uh, uh, and so they, they baptize me. And later on in my pastoral career, I learned how to baptize people so that this thing that happened to me would not happen to other people. But the guy baptizing me stood in, stood in the wrong place. And so when he leaned me over, he, he, was, he, was, he was too far forward, didn't have enough strength to pull me up. So he leans me back into the water. And as he's pulling me up, I slip out of his hands and I fall back in the water. That was my baptism in front of 5,000 people. God, our father said, hey, none of that. God, our father said, hey, dunking you once ain't enough. You such a dirty, rotten scoundrel. I got to dunk this sucker twice. I got to dunk him twice. And so I fell back into the water and he brings me back up. And, 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 but man, I went all the way under the water. There was no part of the existence of Jim Stern to that point that did not get baptized in that baptistry. No part. No part. We've been buried with Jesus through baptism into death. The totality of who I was up until that point had to die. Had to die. Now, watch what the Apostle Paul says. This is biblical baptism. Biblical baptism. That we are baptized into the death of Christ Jesus, so we too might walk in newness of life. Newness of life. There is by necessity a death. Then only by the wonder-working power of God, only by the wonder-working power of God, so that as Christ was raised from the dead, Christ did not raise himself from the dead. Do you see this? Christ did not raise himself from the dead. He was raised from the dead by the power of God our Father. And in the same way, God our Father wants to exert his power in our lives. And he wants to be the one that raises us. And that is demonstrated through our baptism. Not only is there a death, there is death first. And then there is life. We are created to a new life so that we too might walk in newness of life. In order to have newness of life, there must first be a death. The old person in the totality of who you were must die. That old, nasty, all that stuff has got to die. Has got to die. And that is immortalized. That is is demonstrated so beautifully in the picture of baptism in the reality of what baptism is but man if we just leave baptism on the shelf if we just let baptism be a, a, an institutional thing that we did that we never really reflect on that doesn't really has any impact on our lives then the meaning of baptism the power of baptism is completely robbed and what are we stuck with we are stuck with the old person we are stuck trying to live these these tortured existence between the old person and the new person, the spirit of God wanting to burst through the new person, but us holding on to the new, the old person. And we're wondering why we're not experiencing the fullness of life. And it's because we won't die. We will not die. That's not who you are anymore. You've been regenerated. You've been reborn. You've been rebirthed. You've been given a new hope and a new direction and a new life and a new love and a new power and a new, all the new, all the new. And you've been given it all by the power of the spirit of God himself. That's baptism, man. That, that is, man, that is baptism. That's the meaning of baptism. At the end of the ministry of Jesus, we just went through Easter. We, I'm recording this the day after Easter. 
the resurrection of Jesus and Jesus gets resurrected, Matthew 28, and he comes to his disciples and he gives them what is commonly called the Great Commission. These final words, that at least Matthew's recording the final words of Jesus. And he says, hey, when you, when you go, he said, I'm going to go. I'm, you guys are going to go. I'm going to send you. Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you. Now go, go. And he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And, and then he makes this declaration to his to his disciples. He makes this charge to his disciples. And he says to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Go and reproduce life in the lives of other people. The life that I have given you, the love that I have given you, the relationship I've given you, all go and reproduce that in the lives of other people. Now watch this. He says, go and make disciples, baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say baptizing them into God. He says baptize them into the three distinct persons. You're going to baptize them into the Father, into relationship with the Father. You're going to baptize them into the relationship of the Son. You're going to baptize them into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Trinitarianism right there from the jump. And you're not baptized in the name of God. You are not baptized in the name of God. You are baptized in the name of the Father into an intimate relationship with your new father, baptized in the name of Jesus into a new relationship with your new brother, baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit, baptized in the name of your new power supply, your new life source. But you are baptized, baptized into that. That means the death must happen. Jesus says this new intimacy, this new intimacy, this new life that is yours comes through baptism. Death first, then life. Death first, then life. So many of us are not experiencing life. So many of us, our lives in Christ are so limp and so powerless and so lifeless. Could, could the reason be for a majority of us, that old sucker keeps wanting to come back to life. Keeps wanting to come back to life. Even though in the waters of the, baptist, the baptistry and when we give our lives to Jesus, there was crucifixion, there was death, and now there is, and now there is life. So on to what or to who are you holding? On to what or to who in your past life are you holding? You, you're not that person. God our Father is doing something new in you. He's doing something new in you. Like a fresh vine growing in the fertility of spring, like a fresh vine, what our Father wants to do in you is healthy, is healthy and alive. What, what you've done to yourself, what other people have done to you is unhealthy and leads to death what our father wants to do in you is healthy it's green it's alive it blossoms it buds it provides nourishment to other people it thrives his life in you can be strong and resilient and hope-filled and whole and free but you must die you must die. You got to quit resurrecting the old person. You got to quit fixating on her or him. Quit identifying with what was done to that person or what that person has done. Hey, horrific things may have been done to you. Horrific things. You may have done horrific things. You may be ashamed because of what was done to you. You may be ashamed because of what you've done. That person, the totality of who that person is, and you may need, it may be beneficial for you to write all of that stuff down. Who truly was I? I was a person that this got done to him, this got done to him, this got done to him. These horrific things made me feel this way, made me feel this way, made me feel this way. Or on the flip side, I'm the kind of person who did this to this person, this to this person, this to this person. Or maybe it's both and and all the above. I had horrific things that were done to me and I did horrific things to other people. But that was all who I used to be. 
When I gave my life to Christ, that person died. That person is dead. That person has been recreated. Not like we talked about last week, not, not refurbished, not tweaked. That person has been dead and is now, is now recreated, is now recreated. We just celebrated the resurrection of Jesus and baptism declares and shouts that as Jesus was resurrected, so too we have been. And, and what kind of resurrection have we experienced? The resurrection to death? Were you, were you resurrected from death to death? From turd to turd? No, 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 and no, absurd. You are resurrected from death to life. And a life that is not yours to generate or produce. It's a life that, you're, that is not yours to generate or produce. In the exact same way that you are powerless to resurrect your own life, so too you are powerless to recreate and generate your new life. The, 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 the prospect that you have the power to recreate yourself, to make yourself born again, that you somehow have the power to do that is, uh, you know, fill in the blank for yourself. Uh, absurd is, is getting there. Ridiculous on its, on its surface. That you would believe that you have the power, the capacity to regenerate yourself is, is just idiotic uh, in a clinical way. Uh, but the same is also true that you have the power to generate this new life that you've been given or that God, our father gave you this new life so that you like God, our father recreated this new life for you so that you could then take control of the new life that he recreated and you could take it from there. Hey, thank you, father for resurrecting me. I got it. I got it from here that you have the ability to recreate your life or to take what God started and finish his work. You are supposed to finish the work of God. <laughs> Come on, man. This is crazy. This is crazy. This new life is spirit generated every single day. And here's the joy of this. Here's the wonder of this. If you want to receive the invitation, the invitation for you today, whatever the day is and whatever the time is in the day, the invitation for you today is to take your hands off, relax, big deep breath and relax back in to the current of life, the life transforming current of the spirit of the living God. To trust him and the work that he's doing in you. Just to soak. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to be perfect on your own. There's no performance on your part. This is the invitation. This is the invitation from the Lord Jesus Christ to you. This is the invitation from God our Father. It's a triune invitation for Jesus says, or one of our go-to verses in my life, Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm going to take the load off. I'm going to take the pressure off. I'm going to take the pain off. And all you have to do is just sit with me. Just soak. Just soak. Death to life. Death to life. There's got to be a death. I'm not that old person anymore. I'm soaking now in the love of the Father, the, Holy, the, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm in this place, in this moment, and in every future moment, I'm just relaxing back in to the joyful work, the incredible intimacy of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So maybe, this is all connected to your baptism. This is the intent of baptism. It's the intent of baptism. Again, the Apostle Paul says, Romans 6, 4, we have been buried with him, buried with Jesus through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So maybe if you're one of those people that wears a cross around your neck or that has a cross on the wall in your house, maybe you should take that off. 
Maybe you should take the cross off the wall and maybe you should get a baptistry charm. <laughs> maybe you should get the charm of, of a baptistry and hang that around your neck or the some ornamental picture of a baptistry and hang that on your wall so that you can remember that just as Christ was died and was resurrected to new, new life, so too of you. So too of you. Does James Avery sell baptism charms? Hey, James, I'm going to call him. Hey, James, Mr. Avery, uh, can you make a baptism charm? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Man, brothers and sisters, go and live your baptized life. Go and live your baptized life. A life in the overflow, life abundant, life fluid, life juiced, life full, life supple, life green, life living, life budding, life flowering, life giving, life producing, life joyful, life immeasurable, life unquantifiable, life bubbling over, the juice, the electricity, who go so in Espanol. All of those things, brothers and sisters, happen fluidly as we are crucified with Christ. We relax back into the movement of God our Father in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit and just allow Him to generate His life in us every single day. Hope this has been super helpful for you. If it has been, you can be super helpful to me and spread it. Spread the word, man. Spread the word. I want everybody far and wide to understand the overflowing possibility that is available to every single one of us so that we can enjoy this life that God our Father has given us through the crucifixion and resurrection of His Son. Spread the word. Spread the word. You got the website, trexo.org. Immediate access to the podcast and the blog is in theoverflow.org. In theoverflow.org takes you immediately to the podcast and blog uh, page on our website. Share this on your social medias. It would be a great, great, great help to me. Uh, love being able to hang out with you guys, fire to fire, getting after it in the kingdom of God. Looking forward to being with you guys again as we seek to learn together what it looks like to live in the overflow. Thank you for joining us in the overflow. To find a blog connected to today's session where you can engage with Jim and others, go to trexo.org forward slash blog. This podcast is made available through the gracious giving of people just like you. If you would like to help us bring more people into the healing waters of our Father's love, you can do so at trexo.org forward slash donate. We will be back next week for another edition of Overflow.